Patty well in today's world. It is just listing ideas on how to get protein, eating well at work, so making a little extra dinner, uh, having leftovers, uh, getting good containers that don't leak. God, it took me so long to actually go pur purchase good t containers so that I can bring food to work. Um, one of uh, my clients, one of the restaurants near her, her office makes a really good salad. And uh, she just went in and talked to them and was just like, you know, I walk by you in the morning. Can you make me a box salad? I will come and pick it up at 9 a.m. when the door just opened, but it was made last night, but it was sitting in the refrigerator. And they do that every day for her, and she's happy to pay for it. And it's, and it's kind of like having delivery, but it's her favorite salad. I thought that was a great, like, you know, solution to being a little bit in a food desert. And then she doesn't have to go out. Like, she likes the restaurant, but it takes too long to eat at the restaurant every day. So that was her, her solution. Um, making sure you have emergency snacks uh, and protein bars in uh, the office. The Greek yogurts. Some of these I've uh, named Cliff Bars, Zing Bars, Stinger Bars, along as the, the high-protein bars. Some of the kind bars, people think kind bars are awesome. If you read the labels, most of them have like three grams, four grams of protein, nothing in terms of protein. Just because they have nuts in it uh, doesn't mean there's protein. Oh, and by the way, almond milk, look at the, the label. There's no protein in that. That's just a carb source, which is why we like it so much. So the uh, other reminder is shifting your attention. Um, just noticing if food is entertainment or not, because for often it is uh, entertainment. And I was telling Natasha yesterday, like it's been so interesting. So I was in a motor vehicle accident a couple of years ago and have not been able to do martial arts, which I had done for 20 years. And now that I don't have this practice, this physical practice that I was always tinkering with something, and imagining it in my brain of like, oh, I could do this a little better, I could do this footwork a little better, I could do the sword work a little better. Now my brain fantasizes about food all the time. That's been the replacement. And I was like, oh, I haven't ever gotten this with my patients, and now I get it. In that, like, I, what is the, the sensual thing that you get to do every day uh, that totally fills your attention uh, and, and hits one or two senses. I mean, really, it's food. If you, I mean, if you have a practice like music or martial arts or knitting, maybe, but um, uh, it's hard to find those things that sort of fill us that we we can fill the empty space with, uh, you know, the little empty spaces of our lives with, like, how can we make this better? My brain would love to fantasize about how to eat more caramel. <laughs> um, what do people think of the three handouts that we have? Are they good reminders? Do you think they're useful? Some of it's probably stuff you already know. 
but the point is to have it outside your brain so that you don't have to think about it. Lizard brain is great. Yeah, it's really great, uh, particularly as um, professionals who are dealing with other people's anxieties. And what I like about it is that working with executives, like they don't have to address the anxiety issue. I mean, for the therapists who are listening to this, um, you know, they're going to address the, um, the anxiety, but it's not always appropriate. So this handout, I must have written this out, I don't know, a hundred times with various people. And, um, and so Natasha and I just finally wrote it up formally. So I teach people, okay, you got to eat protein regularly. We do a three-day experiment. They're like, oh, yes, I feel better. There's some people who are like, I don't feel any different. It's kind of the same. And I'm like, well, okay, go back and have cereal for breakfast and pizza for lunch and hot dogs for dinner. And they're like, oh my god, I feel like crap. Um, some people notice the feel better and some people only notice the I feel crappy. So, you know, you have to kind of do both sides of the experiment. But once they kind of get into it, then they're like, well, I can't have eggs every day for breakfast and I'm tired of whatever they're eating. And so part of um, the purpose of this handout is uh, to remind people of the, the multiple variations that we can put together for food. Um, because the wonderful thing about processed food is that it's consciously made addictive. Natural foods, for some people, just don't have the same pull, and so the brain doesn't spend a lot of time uh, worrying about how to put it together. And so this just exteriorizes how to do that. And so having a list of like all the meats that you could possibly choose from, and then the various preparations. Because we kind of get into habits, like we always boil our eggs or fry our eggs, but we never bake our eggs. But baked eggs are pretty interesting, particularly when you put them in salsa. Uh, and the same for chicken. Like chicken is seems to be always baked or grilled, but you know, boiling it or uh, poaching poaching it in a in a, in a fluid like really makes it yummy, particularly in a slow cooker. And so you know, uh, for some people this works where they they can. Either they're a, what I call a slop cook, which is the kind of cook I am where I just start putting things together. But even if you're a recipe-driven person, you can be like, oh, I want to learn how to uh, grill chicken or grill fish because I've never done that or fry fish or boil fish because I've never done that. So that's a list of this, the proteins. And, and by the way, look at all the proteins that are available. No need to get bored. And then uh, the different preparation methods. And then, you know, as people get more and more sophisticated about their food, uh, eventually we come to the discussion of like, well, how many vegetables should I be eating? And I only really have this discussion after they have a pretty good handle on the protein, which can take a couple of months in all fairness. Like, changing your diet is phenomenally hard. It doesn't happen in a week. 
And, uh, but generally speaking, uh, what studies show is that if you're getting at least five cups of veggies a day, you change the outcome of some cancers and some cardiovascular disease markers and dementia markers for sure. Two of those cups should be something that's green. And so uh, my green list tends to be the lettuce, broccoli, spinach, kale, collards, bok choy. Uh, even red cabbage to me is green and Brussels sprouts. And then we need other colors. Um, and those other colors uh, come from, you know, some of the other vegetables on this list. Uh, one serving of fruit a day is generally good enough. Uh, and then, you know, you have all sorts of different ways of preparing it. Um, I am not against microwaves. It is interesting to me how many people are against microwaves. And if there's somebody in the room who's against microwaves, I apologize that I'm offending you. But what I have observed is that people, at least in the Northwest, where it's cold and damp, who won't microwave their food, generally don't eat vegetables. Because we don't need more cold raw in our in our diet, because in the, in the Chinese food world, like, when you live in a cold, damp environment, you should eat warm, cooked foods pretty exclusively in order to maintain your health. And so what I often do, and I know this sounds really weird, but I microwave my salads in the winter, because I really like salad. Um, but I can't eat it raw out of the refrigerator because it's just too cold, and so I'll nuke it for about 20 or 30 seconds, not so that it wilts, but just so that it takes the edge off of the cold, and then then it's easier to digest. Carbs, uh, you know, uh, like it's important to have some carbs, but not too many carbs. This would be sort of the not the main meal, but so we just listed that um, of some of the carbs. The I count uh, the squashes as a carbs, the sweet potatoes as carb. Um, uh, but as I said earlier, um, not but not everybody's body reacts the same way to carbs. So for instance, when I go out to brunch, often there's potatoes, but I don't notice my body doesn't behave as though I got a carbohydrate when I eat potatoes. Like it's so fascinating to me. I just get kind of flat, emotionally flat, because it, which is kind of how I noticed that I didn't get enough carbohydrates in my meal and if I've gone too long about it. Where rice, rice is a great carb for me, particularly brown rice. Like it's not too fast, it's not, you know. Hopefully this seminar will help you pay attention to like well, what does protein do for me, and what do these different carbs do for me, and how fast do, does it sort of clear my system? Do it if I have if I have a potato, it feels like I didn't get any carbs. If I have rice, it feels like I got just enough carbs. And if I have caramel, uh, then I got a lot of carbs, and I'll probably be hungry again pretty soon. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. Um, and then naming, you know, having an idea of snacks and treats that, that, are, that are healthy. Uh, dark chocolate to me is a food group. So like you get to have it all in your own separate food group. And there was a study that I saw, and I've seen it clinically, 
that people who gave themselves permission to eat a half chocolate bar, you know, like those chocolate bars, like a half of those. I mean, that's a lot of dark chocolate in my mind, a half of one. At the same time every day, uh, binged less often. And so, like, part of having healthy treats and making sure that you give yourself permission to that is often that will help us not binge eat. And binge eating in terms of weight control is uh, one of the biggest offenders. Um, so, you know, sometimes I just give people permission to eat a half a bar of dark chocolate every day. And, and you know, like now they, they don't feel like they're being deprived and they don't binge as much. Now, there's a whole bunch of people who eat the dark chocolate and binge. And, okay, well, that's something else. But, um, and then making sure that we get fats in. It is amazing how many people don't get enough fats in their diet because they think that the meat that they're eating is bringing in the fat. And, and if you're eating chicken, chicken doesn't have any fat on it anymore unless it has skin on it. Um, and, uh, and a lot of the red meats actually have been sort of defatted so much that we're not getting enough fats. And fats help us build steroid hormones uh, like cortisol, estrogen, testosterone. And so I will have people who are coming in with hormonal issues and really the main culprit is that they are not getting a div enough fats or a diverse enough amount of fats. And, and if you ever meet somebody who has chosen to remove all fats from their diet because they thought that was a good idea, four years later they're, um, they're, they have really bad skin and they have some really interesting mental health problems because our brain is just one big block of fat. And so we have to make sure that we're getting a diverse uh, array of uh, fats in, such as uh, butter and olive oil. Um, I like lard, long as you know that the pig was raised uh, on good food and not uh, just corn, um, cheese, and avocados. Uh, and then, you know, be clear what your rare indul indulgences are and what, what you have to have in your life and, um, and do them occasionally. And occasionally is not every day. Next handout is just a repeat of um, what we just talked about. Sometimes it's nice to just fill it out on your own or with your clients of like, okay, let's pick the meats that you're willing to eat or the legumes that you're willing to eat and here are the preparations that you know how to do or, or are willing to learn how to do. Um, if you're working with somebody at that level of like talking to them about how to, to eat, one of the things, uh, and you know, you don't have to go into a ton of detail, but like just helping them with ideas. Um, Getting a slow cooker is, can change uh, particularly women's lives. There are two tools in the kitchen that, uh, that I think are essential uh, for cooking. One is a slow cooker and the other is a hand blender. And uh, the slow cooker, if you're not familiar with it, is just amazing. You can take a piece of meat, chicken, beef, pork, whatever, and a little bit of water and an onion, and you put it in there, you walk away, eight hours later, it's just melted down, 
You can throw it in salad. You can throw it in soup. You can throw it in um, it, it just as an entree. Like it just is so simple, and it takes five, ten minutes of prep. Uh, and you can do all sorts of different things to it. And the other thing, because I just kind of goof around with my um, slow cooker, one day I had all these root vegetables and lots of beets and potatoes and parsnips and, 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 and they needed to be cooked. I didn't have time to cook them. I was like, well, if I don't cook them today, they're going to get thrown away. So I threw them in the, the cooker, the slow cooker, completely dry, put it on for eight hours, came back, and I had roasted vegetables. Part of my brain was like, oh, I'm going to blow the thing up or something horrible is going to happen. <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, what's horrible going to happen? It just was like putting, in the, putting them in the oven for eight hours. It is awesome. And so, you know, in two days you can cook a lot of meat and a lot of vegetable, roasted vegetables, and it's awesome. So I think a slow cooker is really awesome. And, but if, if your buckets or the person you're working with buckets are full, learning a new cooking skill will be hard. And so part of getting it out and so that you can see it is you can be like, oh, so here's the most simple uh, beef recipe I have. You take an onion and you, you take off the loose skin on it, you cut it in half, you put it at the bottom of the cooker, you put a, beef, a pot roast beef on top of it, and then you go from Starbucks. You get those little um, coffee, instant coffee things that Starbucks has. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I have them in my house because there are coffee drinkers who come to my house, and that's what I offer them. And I, you sprinkle it on top of the beef, and then you put a half cup of water in the bottom of the slow cooker, and you walk away. And it comes back this amazingly delicious, tenderized beef. If, if somebody's overwhelmed, uh, you have to kind of walk them through it, and they have to write it down, and then they have to promise themselves to do it. And if they, if they know you're watching their back and that you've verbalized it, they're more likely to do it. So that's part of what this handout is, is just to sort of think about what you're willing to do. And then you have it on your refrigerator, and you can be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do beef in a slow cooker, and I'm going to make a salad. And all it's going to have is greens and tomatoes and salad dressing. Brilliant. There's a meal. If you are brave enough to start working with people's diets, one of the things that's really awesome to ask uh, early on is what foods am I not allowed to touch? And all sorts of interesting things come up, like, uh, and, and what comes up more often than not uh, is chocolate pudding. I didn't know that so many people eat chocolate pudding, but there is a strong attachment in Seattle to chocolate pudding. I'm like, okay, you can keep your chocolate pudding, or their donut, or their pie, or, or you know, Diet Coke. That always makes me a little challenged, but, you know, everybody has something. And then... I like to ask people what are, uh, or for us, for us to think for ourselves, like what are healthy treats uh, that you can do most of the time that are not so sugary that wipe you out? So the donut at 10 o'clock in the middle of the day is for sure going to make you uh, hangry by noon. 
uh, and you're probably going to be totally exhausted at 4 o'clock. And so what are you willing to eat at 10 o'clock because you need a little something, you need glucose so that you can keep thinking at the high pace of thinking that we do, but maybe not a donut. And so for me, this is where the rise bars come into play. Like, I, I don't have to eat the whole of it, I can eat a quarter of it or a third of it and I'm good for another two or three hours. And having a list of what those healthy treats sometimes is helpful and after you've already promised yourself that you're not taking away the most favorite thing in the whole wide world because that's what we tend to do is we think we're gaining weight or a bad person because we're always going to this one thing. And the other place that thinking about this is, you know, that, that person in a work environment that always keeps a bowl of candy um, at the front desk that you can walk by and just like get one and get one and get one. What's the replacement for that? Because you're probably going and getting one of those baby Snickers bars because, because you need the glucose, but what's a higher protein, lower carb treat? Um, and that, you know, that was on that, the, the sheet are some of the ideas, chocolate, cottage cheese, apples, apples with peanut butter, banana, a little bit of a banana with peanut butter, healthy protein bars, nuts. It is really helpful if people can name what their three go-to meals are for each time setting. And, and that are pretty easy to make, pretty easy to get to, and just are, are what you go to that's healthy when, it, when it's part of, you know, just the, the daily, I'm in a hurry kind of thing. And, um, and, and then, then it changes. So for a long time, my breakfast was um, a sausage that I had had cooked the night before, days before, that were, was just sitting in the refrigerator, um, and some vegetables, like I'd often do dinner for breakfast. Uh, I got so bored with my breakfasts that I, like, I resented breakfast. I was so mad that I had to have breakfast, because I didn't want breakfast, but I know that I can't think if I have breakfast, and so I just, I talked to my committee members that are in my head, and I was like, well, I understand you don't want breakfast, but you have to eat breakfast, and I know that you're bored, but you have to come up with something else to eat, and we're just going to hold to that until you come up with something else to eat. And, and finally, because on the other side of boredom is creativity, and so finally I got bored enough that, like, I, you know, it didn't feel like a personal decision on my part, like, but I, like an intuitive decision. And I started doing this really lovely breakfast. I'd go get a little smoked salmon, and I'd had some bell pepper and maybe some carrots and some tomatoes and some chev cheese and some olive oil and some capers. And it was kind of, because I'm gluten-free, so I don't do bagels, but it was kind of like woks and bagels. And I would just put the salmon in a little um, bell pepper boat and then I put capers on and a little onion on, a little chev cheese. And it actually, it took me about 15 minutes to pull it all together and eat it. It didn't take a ton of time, and it made me so happy. I was just like, awesome, I have a brand new breakfast. 
And so, like my three right now are, is that one. I'm still doing the sausage and vegetables, and then uh, I now live near a Metropolitan Market. And so, when I'm really in the hurry and can't think, I just go up there and get whatever they're serving. And then salad and meat for lunch, and uh, and I can whip up uh, some enchiladas really fast, and that's a lunch. And then I usually have something in the freezer. And, you know, grill sausages and, uh, and frozen, a lot of people really like the frozen vegetables for, for breakfast or for dinner because it, it's really quick. Um, and some people have like, um, I think, uh, Natasha, you were tell telling me that like one of your go-tos is, is this frozen pizza that's pretty healthy, right? Yeah, when I'm either running late or I realize it's seven and I'm starving and I don't have to haven't thought about dinner because that's how my day is gone. We have these pizzas. If I were to make a pizza, those were the ingredients. But it was made for me, so simple, easy, and you put it in the oven for 15 minutes and it's done. And I'd have that with protein uh, powder and some almond milk and say, you know, I fed myself. Um, and that sometimes that's the goal. Um, right. I, you know, I don't right. do that every night. I have a hard time with smoothies because I don't like the cold, but a lot of my patients, like their backup plan is whey protein, frozen, uh, non-sprayed raspberries, water. And, and if they have coconut milk, mm. bonus. You know, that's their, that's their backup plan. When people are really struggling to feed themselves, you kind of have to have three choices. Not one choice because we get too bored, but three choices uh, on what, what, what's easy, quick, and, and you're competent to make and generally is in the freezer. So the other, my backup, like, is skipjack, skipjack tuna from Trader Joe's, a can of artichokes, from Trader Joe's and some uh, mayo and um, you know 12 spice seasoning shake 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 mix it all together eat it we're done um, so the reason why I'm doing skipjack tuna uh, if you notice that I'm promoting that is Albert Core has a lot of mercury in it and so uh, the skipjack tuna are smaller tuna so they don't accumulate as much mercury mm -hmm. Uh, but coming up with your list, like what, what's your go-to plan so when your seven buckets are full, you can be like, oh yeah, I'm coming into a situation where I know my seven buckets are going to be full, so I'm going to put in the pantry the tuna and the artichoke, canned artichokes and, uh, and some frozen veggies and sausage, some chicken sausage that I can fry up, and that's the plan. So this, this is one of my favorite things to sit down with people to do is uh, make your own salad dressing. And this is where a good mason jar, a wide mouth mason jar, and a hand uh, blender is brilliant. Um, so I, somewhere along the way, someone decided that uh, salad dressing is the reason why Americans are fat which I don't understand, but um, they decided that salad dressing was bad 
and then the oils on salad dressing is bad. And so hopefully we've all gotten the memo that fat is not bad. Uh, when you take out fat, we just eat more refined carbohydrates. So let's put back in the fat. Let's put back in salad dressing because it, there are so many things that a little vinegar, acid, and oil can do for our eating. So here's what happens in my house is I have all of these vinegars in my cabinet. And uh, mostly I have olive oil, sometimes I have sesame seed oil, and I usually have tahini. But I have patients who like walnut and avocado oil, but to me it's too expensive to buy. Like, I, I think it's, I'd rather spend my money elsewhere. So you take a mason jar, you pour, I don't know, about a half cup. You could put a whole cup depending on how big it is and how long you want it to last. Uh, you pour it in there, you pour some olive oil in there, you pick some of these spices to put in there, you put a salt source in there, maybe uh, an emulsifier like some mustard or mayo or Greek, if it's too, and then you zip it with the, the hand blender, you go, and then you have salad dressing for a couple of days, and you can put that over salad, you can put that over veggies, or you could put that over uh, the, chi the chicken breast that you have and bake it, and it'll be delicious. So that's kind of why I love salad dressing. And, and patients, uh, I've just done this with a lot of my patients, they're like, oh, this is awesome. Um, and so here are some classic combinations, but this is where when I have a free bucket and my bandwidth is big enough that creativity is actually available, like I just start randomly putting stuff into jars. And so one day, this turned out particularly good, I put some applesauce. Uh, I had some tahini and so I put some tahini in there. I put some garlic and ginger and shallots and a dash of Frank's hot sauce and some tamari. And then I blended it up and it was actually too thick so I had to put a whole bunch of water in it. And it was this really yummy kind of tahini, sesame seed, ginger garlic. Oh, it was really good. Um, and sometimes, sometimes I don't add so much water and I make it as a dip and take it to bring carrot sticks and it's a dip for, for a potluck that I have to go to. Anybody else make their own salad dressing? There's a bunch of comments that it's uh, an interesting thing that, that they might try. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's kind of fun. It's a, it's a cheap way to be adventurous in the kitchen. 